0: Welcome to Between Two Chairs, demystifying commercial real estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencivia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, between two chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. Welcome everybody to another episode of Between Two Chairs. My name is Fernando Arencivia, and with me always is the effervescent. Jennifer Woman. Effervescent. Yes.
1: I like that. I think I can handle that today. All right. I like
0: it. Very good.
1: So today we're going to talk about the South Florida Independent Retailer Award Show that we went to. Um, It was my first time going, and I I know it was yours as well. It usually um, happens at the same time as the annual NAR conference, so we haven't been able to go. But this year, luckily, as fate would have it, we were able to go. I'm so happy we went. Um, it was a super cool event. Um, this year it was held at La Meridian Hotel in Dania Beach. And these awards are the brainchild of Hugh Chen with Saglo and Beth Azor with the Azor Companies. These two shopping center owners are huge proponents of small businesses, independent retailers. um, And about five or six years ago, they realized there was nothing that recognized those small businesses in South Florida. So they wanted to do that and to help promote them to other retailers. So it's basically tenant reps and landlord reps volunteer or recommend small retailers that have at least obviously one store open one store open one to two stores and that are getting ready to expand throughout south florida or florida they try not to focus on franchises but they do allow some if they're smaller again independents that started small that are currently growing Super cool. There were a ton of people there. It was very, very interactive. You come in and there are a bunch of tables with each of the retailers set up like almost like a retail row for those of you who have been to ICSC. And you get to go and mingle with the small business owners. And then they have a live shark tank where Mm -hmm. three... Well, landlords um, I was just giving an overview yeah. so that then we can do a right. dive in and then sure. they have the the three sharks that sit on there and interview one of the retailers to see who can get them in their center and then they have the live awards and the scholarship awards yeah. so now Listen, go into I, what you thought I,
0: <laughs> I think this is unlike any event that I've ever attended that is a, a conference. Usually when you go to an awards, um, it's already predetermined who the winners are. There's not a lot of interaction between you and the people that are being considered for the awards. But kudos to, to Beth and, and Hugh. I mean, this is really a cool event and I can't believe this is the first time that I've attended, um, you know, and this is their fifth annual. But I loved everything about it. I, I thought it was so interactive. You really got a great opportunity to to network to really understand all these, I mean, how many nominees? There were over, over 30, 30. Over right, 30. nominees, mm-hmm. and uh, they were represented there one way or another, and I, I really loved the interactivity of it. You know, I love that it is purposely created to be able to connect landlords and tenants and the reps that represent both sides and the fact that you really get uh, a glimpse into growing businesses. It's so exciting because we all know, and the numbers clearly stated, right, that the fabric of our economy is really in the small businesses. And the fact that we have this event that really honors these small independent retailers and how intentional they are about where they're going you know, what is their growth, understanding their market, understanding the demographics. That was just one component of it. And and I thought that just the initial aspect of being able to interact with all of them and and really get a lot of great information and share some ideas was just, uh, you know, terrific. And that's before even getting to sit down and, and have the, uh, you know, the program develop, right. you know.
1: Right. There were a lot of um, coffee shops, a lot of food, yeah. a lot of food companies represented, whether they were small cafes, actual coffee roasters, um, yeah. restaurant, you know, more sit down restaurants, etc. cetera. Um, there was also a lot of health and wellness and personal yeah. care. So that that goes along with the trends that we're seeing in the market. Right. Not only yeah. in South Florida, but kind of nationally, that personal wellness yeah. and restaurant Anything related to the experience in retail is doing yeah. extremely well. So I thought that was super yeah. cool, too, to see that the yeah. what's happening on a national and state level yeah. is also being demonstrated through who showed up on the local site so
0: if i may i'm going to do a little spoiler alert uh but we are getting ready to welcome beth to our podcast in, a, in another episode and you know i'm looking forward to really asking her how it has changed from the first iteration right the first award to now in its fifth year and you know because i noticed the same thing i, I was like you know there's not a lot of boutique stores uh you know but everything is experiential right it's the uh, food and beverage concepts, and then there is a lot of personal care. And the dynamic of how much that has shifted and changed has been tremendous. And uh, and and really getting into not only the the nail salon and the barbershop and things like that, but, but more about the wellness aspect Correct. of it. You know, that it's really, you know, it's it's not a doctor's office, but it is a center for you to get an IV with vitamins and, you know, and then do some treatments for your body and very proactive and but yeah that that was one thing i remember like well there's there's not a lot of boutique you know stores i wonder if that would have been different you know five years ago when when it was started right and it's funny because in the areas that i go
1: there still are a lot of boutique stores so i wonder if they're just super independent where they don't meet the one and expanding criteria you know because if you're an owner maybe you feel like you can only focus on one space i'm thinking of gus's wife and her bridal shop right why would of course. Nece- you know, if she's hands on with that shop, yeah. she's not necessarily going to want to have a bunch of different locations that are too far from her house is what I'm thinking. But it would be super interesting to look into that. And, hey, yeah. if you guys know any great retailers that are thinking of expanding, consider nominating them for next year because yeah. nominations are already Open. If you guys know Hugh and Beth, you know, they're big planners. So they're already starting on next year's. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was super cool is that the landlords that were there yeah. happened to be for the most part. They were our local landlords, too. You know, that was super cool. And Out of the 200 or so shopping center owners that were there, they control about 75% of all retail space in South Florida. So if you are somebody looking to expand, I couldn't think of a better place because to your point, some of these award ceremonies or conferences that try to link people together are so big that it's almost like a hit or miss, right? Because it just depends on who you've been able to pre-schedule a meeting with. For example, when you go to ICSE, you can pre-schedule meetings with your landlord or tenant, you know, choice but here it was just so natural. You just walk up, you're having literally a cup of coffee with the yeah. owner or you're sitting down and having
0: lunch with them. Right. So I loved how personal it was. To that, I would add that, you know, sometimes you go to events and there's an aspect of the event that is networking and things of that nature to here, I just felt the, the vibe from everybody was that they really wanted to get to know each other. They wanted to really understand what do you do? They wanted to talk about their, their projects and, uh, uh, and, and some of the things that they're working on, and, and that inner connectivity was, was palpable from the beginning. I thought that the majority of the retailers that I met were very well prepared. They really had a clear understanding of what is their demographic, what are they looking uh, for, what, what do they want in a shopping center, what is their plan for growth. So there was there was a lot of that um, in all the interactions that I had. Really, I mean, they, they, it just it was very impressive. Yeah,
1: I can't wait. I'm definitely going back next year. (laughs) And I'm already trying to think, who can we nominate? Who would be a good fit?
0: Well, I know you already have
1: a couple in mind. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to put it out there yet at all. But we're already starting to think about that. So if you are a shopping center owner who happens to be listening, uh, a landlord or tenant rep, or a small business um, or a small business rep, definitely put it on your calendar for next year. I'm not sure the dates aren't out there yet, but we will have the link to the sfira sphira awards page so that you can keep track of them for next year but so after we did all of the networking outside we go into the room and sit down and and they started out with the retailer shark tank which i know you loved i mean we both are a fan of that show Um, because of the small business potential right right, that it that it creates so what did what did you think about that
0: part? yeah so um just to give people a lay of the land so Mm -hmm. basically if you look at it from this point of view the program is divided into three segments the first one is meet the retailers and that's the interactive where you're walking around you're meeting people you're having conversations uh, I saw so many people I had I hadn't seen in a long time and what I found uh, really really exciting is once you're into the you know the, the space and you start the program you know I was thinking well how are they gonna do this shark tank thing and I and I heard from other people that had been there before that there are different iterations that sometimes it's the three independent retailers and the person doing the pitch is the landlord in this case it was the independent retailer making the pitch and then you have the three landlords that are that are sitting there that are making the, the offers and i thought it was really really uh i could have had a lot more of that you know yeah. i could have done yeah, another iteration or shark
1: it was super fun so the three retailers were beth's shops of arrowhead Um, The Main at Weston Town Center by Weston Leasing and MMG Equity Partners Plantation Square Plaza. So those were the three landlords who were looking for a prospective tenant. And the prospective tenant was Liquivida, a personal wellness company, which is that company that you were talking about that actually gave a lady a live IV drip on stage. Um, So it was funny because they asked for volunteers at the beginning and everyone kind of looked around and then all of a sudden like a bunch of hands went up. Not mine, but... um, <laughs> but uh that was pretty cool and I spoke yeah. with her afterwards and she said she felt great because you know it was a vitamin B twelve something, right. you know, that's supposed to give you energy yeah. and hydrate you and everything else. So yeah. they were so these three retailers were competing to get Liquivita yeah. into their space because yeah. she she was looking to expand.
0: And uh, Liquivita has, uh, again, a great story. It was founded by a firefighter. And, you know, uh, I, I thought that the lady that made the presentation on behalf of Liquivita was really on point on everything that she discussed regarding the business, regarding their expansion plans, and having a very clear point of view as to what they're looking for in as far as space, the configuration of the surrounding businesses, uh, how much TI she wanted. I mean, it was very detailed and very clear what her asking was, it was interactive from the beginning. It wasn't like a long presentation. You know, this wasn't Shark Tank where you're playing to the cameras. This was really a conversation among three professionals that really, uh, I, I thought the, the Q and A and the interactivity of it and how precise they were with their questions was, was, was excellent. Was excellent. So it was pretty
1: cool. Like I know they, some of them. Don't
0: you think, and I'm sorry to interrupt, like if you're, if you're an agent and you're, um, you're a commercial agent, you maybe haven't done a lot of retail, that just being there in the room and seeing the conversations back and forth between prospective tenant and prospective landlord would have given you a great insight as to what the priorities are for both and how a deal can be put together. Because I think we saw the beginnings of a deal being put together with one of the landlords. Well, they did.
1: They picked. Right. They, finally, they they made a match. So then they'll they'll go back and start negotiating. Obviously, a lease, but they at least came yeah. to agreement on the terms. And she picked the site where she wanted to be. I thought it was interesting because the questions that the landlords asked of her also showed what their concerns were like within their own centers. Right. So right. it was parking. How many people are you going to have sure. at what time in the center? What are your peak Days Right. What are your peak times during the day? Are you pretty much going to be there when my other retailers are closed? Are you going to be there when all my restaurants are open and full and have the parking? So it was super cool because that gave insight.
0: And one one of those questions that you mentioned to be a little more specific was about how what is the average length of time that a consumer spends in the store? And, uh, you know, I I thought that that was, you know, I picked up on that as well. I thought that was really interesting because it speaks to the... um, I guess the the pressure that that puts upon the parking being, you know, how how much turnover there's going to be in those parking spaces, how much time do they need? So I, I thought right. that, that was you interesting have as well. A bunch
1: of fast casual restaurants or you know, the U.S. Postal Service or something that needs fast and close parking because people wow. want to be in and out of there within 20 to 30 minutes max. But then you have something that has a lot of people holding spaces, a lot of spaces for three hours. So I thought that was super cool. And again, it yeah, goes back yeah. to some things that you and I fixate on all the time, which is parking, 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 Um, in addition to location, location, location. But I thought that that was pretty cool because it definitely showed the consideration that the landlords are giving not only to their new tenant, but their current tenant, right? Because yeah. landlords want their tenants to be happy, they right. don't want to have friction. With their tenants, right. so if there is a, a pressure point in one of their centers, right. they're going to look at that to make sure that the new tenant isn't making it worse. So,
0: also, also so- because you know you have really three very good landlords there, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're very uh, purposeful and um, intentional in how they curate the shopping center experience, you know, from the outside looking in people that is not, that are not in the industry sometimes may assume that any store can go anywhere. Right. Right. And it's just a matter of negotiating and getting, coming to an agreement. But in reality, there's a lot more that goes into that. You know, there's a, there's a, there, there's a parking study, you know, to find out how much food and beverage you could have, how much medical you could have, because the requirements are different for those uses as they are for a brick and mortar store that is selling clothing, you know, a boutique clothing store, etc., etc. Or to your point, something like, um, like a postal office that would need a lot of in and out uh, parking. But I, I, I also found interesting that two out of the three retailers are in the middle of expanding and growing their centers. They are redeveloping those centers. I, I don't know if you thought that that was indicative of where we are. I think 10, 15 years ago, the development of the center would have been exclusively centered around retailers. Retail. Sure. What I found interesting is that two out of the three retailers that, that uh, landlords that are expanding their centers are including a huge segment of it, which is multifamily uh, uh, or apartment or, or condo units.
1: Right. I love that because I always love the idea of live, work, play and being yeah. closer and not having to drive everywhere. And being yeah. a transplant from Northern California, I remember coming to south florida and thinking oh my gosh there's like no character there's no independence it's one strip mall from key west all the way to orlando and Nothing wrong with that. It was just different. And it didn't create the type of community that I was used to. Right. Coming from. And I imagine that's the same with people coming from New York or Boston or Chicago that that are coming for a little bit from denser areas. And this what I think is so ingenious about this. And I love this. We've talked about this. Danielle Blake and I have talked about this for, I don't know, years with public policy regarding adding residential to those shopping centers where you can because one it just makes sense for both right you're creating almost creating the demand right for your shopping center right there on your property and two you're alleviating the housing and the affordability issue that is affecting pretty much every city in the united states and it just make to me it's just makes sense right mix do a mixed use project if you have retail already there to your point with these two retailers that are adding housing they're they're just doing it they're reconfiguring the space and doing it on space that you already have so and I love that they're doing it with their existing yeah. project. It's not a tear down and a rebuild, right? They're- I
0: also always have found it interesting that you're almost creating your own class of living arrangement. What I mean by that is that you're creating a, an urban environment in a suburban environment, right? right. Because right. you still get the fact that you're in the suburbs, right? You're you're not in downtown, but and I don't think any of the three centers are 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 in you know in that in that urban environment, right? And Wow. But now by creating this mixed use, now you're able to live there, walk down and still have that experience of being able to walk to your coffee shop, walk to your dry cleaners, walk to, you know, you, you still have that walkability factor that, that is created. And the fact that, you know, everything is accessible. And so therefore you have the center that becomes part of the amenity of the location is within that center. And then there's also the amenity of where you are geographically.
1: Right. For those of you that are in South Florida, the, these three centers were in Weston, Davie, and Plantation. So, all suburbs um, of Broward County, very popular in terms of places yeah. where people want to live. But to your point, not the heat, hu- not the density, and the walkability that that yeah. we're used to in in more urban areas. So, I love that. Yeah, I think we have to come up for a word for that. Correct. You know, that's it's. It's like yeah. a mini, mini urban area urban, in the sub- urban. Yeah, something. <laughs> something I don't some know. Urban, urban. But it uh, also shows d- to yeah. our point that we were talking about earlier, it also shows the national trend that we're seeing yeah. where people who did move from urban centers to the suburbs during the pandemic and yeah. have decided to stay in the suburbs now want the convenience and the amenities of yeah. not having to necessarily get in their car and drive just because they want a cup of coffee That's or right. just to go get a haircut. Yeah. So. And, so
0: and, and, and if I may throw this out there, and I know we're, we're, we'll are we go back to the, to the awards, yep. but uh, I will say there there's a development close to, in Westchester, where they developed a, it's a medical center that is geared towards seniors, but they also develop senior housing in the complex at the same time. Right. So they have rental senior housing, and then they have all of the medical, aspect of the plaza and then they have some other retail that complements both Right. Brilliant. and uh, I thought that that was again it's a great use of the of, of the land right. right and it provides you know it's like a switchblade and you know you just have so much more flexibility about its uses and it impacts the community right because it it, it becomes really a positive development and just thought that that is the way of the future it's Agreed. it's thinking beyond the next five ten fifteen years but thinking you know way beyond that and and how it can be used for multiple purposes and talk
1: about hyper curating your shopping center right because now you're literally (laughs) building in the demand within the residential and you know market rent affordable rent whatever you're creating the ideal demographic for your tenants and vice versa i think you become
0: much more marketable and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. They did a beautiful job. It wasn't, a lot of care went into the design of it. You Correct. Know?
1: So getting back to the to the award ceremony, um, and this is the great thing about these types of events, right, is yeah. that they give you insights into trends and you you get to link and connect the dots on on the next thing is right Right. whether it's retail or whether it's office whether it's residential whether it's a neighborhood or a location it gives you kind of a peek into trends and and where to look next kind of along the point of knowing where the puck's gonna go not necessarily where it is so
0: and we also had a couple conversations with people that are doing a new mixed-use development or doing a new retail development and they spoke to us about some of the people that we represent right? and coming into their space. So I thought that that was another very positive aspect of of the awards. And, you know, all of that happened in that period of time at the beginning, those first 45 minutes when you're meeting everybody and then you get to go inside and, and experience this together. Yeah. Right. If
1: you ever go to a, a Beth or a Hugh event, you know that they're always about connecting people. Oh. And the funny thing is they're landlords, they're retailers, and they are great about sharing they feel like there's enough business yeah. for everybody you know instead of having a mentality of no well why would i share my clients with these yeah. you know with other potential co- competitors they don't me. see it that way Let me write that just... down. that's another question
0: for beth i love
1: it <laughs> it's it's just amazing how giving and sharing there they are and and it's they true are. right everybody if everybody i'm gonna do better if everybody around yeah. me does better
0: yeah. right so and, um, and one thing to add about beth and and um And Hugh is that when we were um, at the onset of the pandemic and we were trying to figure out what was going to happen, what this what all of this meant, especially knowing that a big percentage of the spaces within shopping centers were uh, dedicated over recent years before the pandemic. Uh, and it's certainly true today to food and beverage and experiential uh, retail. And so I, I do, I will say they were front and center, available, right, to give us their perspective, and to really teach us about the value of having a well-curated center that is not only filled with national brands, right. uh, because you know there was a big difference between not only those retailers that were in the shopping center, but how they were funded and the lending side of it, the CM be side of it versus working with a uh, you know regional bank so there was a lot of uh, a lot of insight that they always provided so you know shout out to them because they've they've always been uh, available for 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 the benefit of the community right of of sharing
1: information So some of the awards, so the live voting was so cool because since we hadn't been, we weren't sure how they were going to do it. And it's basically you text a number, right? You text, you send a text with whoever your vote is, either number one, two or three. They sent out a videographer to each of the businesses to record the businesses. So in addition to meeting the people that represent those businesses in person, you got to see a video of the owner and the space and everything else to get a better idea of the overall concept. So they showed that for each of the categories. Some of the categories were best personal care and Blade Barbershop was the winner. Yeah. You you made some comment, well, like, of course, everybody here likes a good design because I guess you really liked the design no, that we saw in the I video.
0: That, that was the biggest differentiating factor among the four was that the build that was just gorgeous. I mean, and I think everybody there was like, hey, they invested a good amount of money. They have I mean, the business looked very very robust and I think that that's why they were such an overwhelming favorite when they were uh, when it, when it's forty but imagine you go to an awards assembly and you're watching these videos in rapid fire, you know, these, you know, maybe 3-minute videos uh, mm-hmm. of each uh, of each person and you know, first of all, great job they did a great job of conveying who they are in a very short period of time and great production power you know these were not videos made with an iphone right you know i mean they were well lit good good audio professional videographer so you know great job kudos to again the team at sphira for for putting that together i love that number one they have a video that they can reuse right? right uh except for the last part where they say thank you for the nomination <laughs> yeah. but you know they have a, a great video about themselves number two it gives them an opportunity to, to really pitch their business in a room full of landlords right? right or landlord reps so i thought that that you know even if you don't win in the live voting you're still a you're winner, still a winner right sure. but then there's a the cool part where we're all not only voting live, but we're seeing the, the numbers yeah, that was and awesome. it looks like uh, almost like a race ho- like like yeah like a horse racing, you're like oh yeah yeah Yeah. and there was one at the end where they only won by one vote it was like oh it was it was excellent that that was the last one so yeah it was super cool Um, good experience
1: another one of the categories was best wellness which was liquevita who won best cafe pura vida which i was so happy because i love pura vida best coffee shop was naughty coffee i'd also been to that one Love them Best Latin restaurant, Tulio's Tacos and Tequila Bar. Mm. Best neighborhood spot was Saws of Kebab best sit-down restaurant was Motec Cafe so what's super cool is that's, some of these we hadn't been to and we're like oh that's in Dural let's go there oh we know where that is let's go there so in addition to exposing the retailers to yeah. potential landlords everybody right. in that room was also a potential customer so, um,
0: so and there were a couple of bagel places that yes. look so appetizing and <laughs> it was very smart for them to feed us lunch before the <laughs> live awards because I think we would have been so hungry just seeing all the amazing there was this couple that won and I forget the name of their business but they created um, they actually work for the school system they provide uh, meals oh my god I mean, you know, it was so cool because the, it, you know, they didn't have a, a a true brick and mortar. They're they're building out their new right. brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have like a kiosk and I mean, the, the, those those breads look yeah, for those appetizing. of you in South
1: Florida, supposedly they're giving Nausbury Farm and the cinnamon rolls at Nausbury Farm a run for mm-hmm. their money. So I could almost smell that smell, the mm-hmm. cinnamon smell. But yeah, they. They won. They, I, I, can't, I, I forget which category they were <laughs> in, but the best bakery, I think. But they won. They yeah. won that. So, yeah, that was really cool. So and again, we both commented on how most of the businesses were food concepts and restaurants, self-care yep. and wellness and very few retailers. It'll be interesting to see, you know, to find out the whys and dig a little deeper. You know, that'll i start. Asking about that um, and seeing if next year, you know, I was thinking like home goods places and and there's so many great little boutique shops and everything else. I mean, since that's where I happen to shop, because I get overwhelmed going to a mall. I haven't been to a huge regional mall and I can't tell you how long, because to me, it's just overwhelming. So.
0: I also to. found that interesting because there's there's nuance within nuance. So, you know, I found it interesting the size. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we saw some wellness spaces that are, they're a new form of gyms, for lack of a right. better term. And I was really surprised by how small their footprint is, right. and that they require, um, and the same thing with the food and beverage places. I saw, you know, I didn't see like, oh, we need five thousand to ten thousand square feet for for a restaurant. You know, everything everything is a lot smaller in the footprint that they that they want within the space. So I thought that that was really interesting. I think along the way, almost everybody who was there was looking for you know for for a smaller footprint and uh,
1: correct three thousand square uh, feet or less, yeah. and most of them were less. Right. There was even a gym sweat 440 that saying? had a super yeah they like, said that they could work in 1300 up to yeah, three and the they said everything's movable modular. everything's yes. modular yeah. they can move everything right. they didn't have anything that requires being tied up to mm-hmm. a beam or anything yeah. i also asked about second floor since we've had issues with gyms on the second floor and the throwing of medicine balls and the dropping of weights and he was like, no, this isn't that type of a gym. Everything that we do is circuit interval right. hit training. So, you know, yeah. super, super interesting because that also opens up um, where they, you know, where they can be. And not all of them needed to be in a grocery anchored store. Lots of them were fine not being grocery anchored retail, which was good to hear for the smaller um, owners that don't have grocery
0: anchors. Okay. What was your favorite part? I could have seen two or three more Shark Tanks just because <laughs> of the interaction. Fun. I thought that we live in a world where whenever you go to a conference or anything like that, most people are on their phones, right? And I thought what was really cool is that everybody was participating in the voting. Yep. Everybody was paying attention. And we were using our phones to vote, of course. But I thought that that was a really cool experience. And then even within the table, we started joking around about, you know, how can it looked twice? like a horse. Yeah. Can we vote <laughs> twice? How many times can we vote? So I thought that, that was really, uh, uh, you know, overall a really cool experience. You could tell also the people that have been there multiple times because they were ready. I yeah, mean, they yeah, had yeah. these flyers, they had information, yeah. so I, c- I can see why this is an event that will continue to grow and do well. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was just the interactivity the inner was my favorite, favorite part because it's unlike any other conference that I've been to, or award ceremony, right, you know. Right.
1: Because it, yeah, it was, not yeah, it was a mix. A it's right. It's uh, an award ceremony, yeah. but to your point, most award right. ceremonies are profit centers, right? So you win an award, and then they want you to buy a table and an ad in the magazine, and all this kind of stuff. Here, yeah. most of the stuff was uh, sponsored. She got great. They both got great sponsors <sighs> for a lot of the and events. And the fact
0: that it's a not-for-profit, so what they do with the proceeds is don't uh, you well, steal? That's my favorite please, part. Please share it. What is your, hold on, hold on, let's back up. Let's go back. So, my favorite part. Wait, wait, wait. Jennifer, uh, what was your favorite part? (laughs) Thank you
1: for asking, Fernando. I'm so glad you asked. So, my favorite part was that this award event is not for profit. To my point earlier, you know, most of these are, and and they're a, a way to generate revenue for the magazine, whoever is sponsoring the event. I did not know that this was not-for-profit. I figured, you know, I'd never even really thought about it either way. But when I found out that it was not-for-profit, I found out at the time that they're going to give scholarships to five students from UM, so one each from UM, FAU, FIU, NSU, and FSU, and they're all pursuing degrees in commercial real estate. And, oh, my God, God bless Hugh and Beth, because they are so, so giving. But they wanted to they want to encourage and grow the next generation of commercial real estate. Reps, developers, owners, whatever, and nice um, I mean, it was nice. They got twenty five hundred bucks. That's big know, for
0: a student. You yeah, know, no, no, that. No, no, and, no. That, and not only the the encouragement, but also the connectivity. Like, you know, they said, "You guys got to meet these people. These are your future, perhaps your future employers, right? You know, or right. your future colleagues." So I thought that that Definitely. was phenomenal.
1: Intern, intern potential. Yeah. So that was my favorite yeah. part because. It was unexpected and to your point of how has it changed over the years, I guess it's always been nonprofit and they had given to previous organizations and nonprofits in the community before. And I guess two or three years ago they came up with the idea with wait, let's invest in our future. And so oh my God, I love That's that. That terrible. just gave me that just gave me goosebumps. One of the things that Beth said in one of the clips that I got her on is independent retailers are the souls of our properties. And I love that because we always talk about how they're the lifeblood of our community. And you could feel that love and that energy and that wanting, yeah. that entrepreneurial spirit we across know, it the board—it it was, is com- it is—it's yeah. completely genuine with everybody who All attended. That. And then on the Safira um, webpage, it says, "Everybody wins when local retailers continue to expand and grow our local economy." Mm-hmm. So I just, as we get into the holiday season, I just want to remind everybody shop local first shop local often i know there's a huge convenience of going online and just ordering and getting it out of the way but there is so little connection to what you're buying and who you're buying from when you when you shop online and i i love the experience of going into a boutique and seeing meeting the the people who are working there they might not be the owner but yeah. the people who are working there seeing what the owner saw of their own space, how they how they treat their their properties inside, what they're going for. So many of them have like Instagrammable walls or they have spaces where if you are shopping with somebody who doesn't like shopping, they can sit and relax, or there's yeah. I don't know. I just I just love that and I love that connecting with the business and knowing that
0: they're what's supporting my community. I love the spirit of that and I think that if I may, to your point, what I think people don't realize when they go into a store is what it took for that independent retailer to open that store. Finding the, the space, negotiating the lease, negotiating some build out credit if if they got any, right? Now building out the space to their vision of it, signing pen to paper, guaranteeing that lease, you know. I mean it's a big risk that they're taking and they're and they're signing something for for a long term. Right. right? And then it's, you know, doing the build out and you know Staffing it, doing, you know, hiring people, getting ready and now opening it up, knowing that for months they're not going to break even, you know, that they are going to have to hustle and work really, really hard. The spirit of that, the spirit of I'm going to take this risk, I'm going to build a business and uh, now I'm in this in this space. So, you know, I think there is a lot of value in giving them a second look when you're in a center and you see a, a local mom and pop store. Give those a second look there's something valuable in there right. that you're going to find and 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 what I know about you know small businesses is that they also patronage to other small businesses. You know they 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 spend in other right. small businesses as well. So you know it it's a it's an ecosystem that you know where we all relate. I I remember speaking to a business owner. It was a food and beverage concept. It was their first restaurant, and it was a, a quick service restaurant. Right right. And they spent all their life savings into building it out, and now they're ready to to open and they. Realize now I got to buy the actual food to right. make it right. and they didn't have any money and they're supposed to open in a week so now they gotta dip further into their credit cards they gotta borrow money because they need to buy the, right. the stuff that they actually need you know all the equipment was there of course but now they actually gotta buy the food in order to be able to cook it and to provide so and he's telling me things of you know all of a sudden in the middle of the night I get a call there was something wrong with the roof and it leaked now we have to redo this and entire build out area like you know you there's a lot of those stories out there but people persevere right which is amazing and you know? to your
1: point i mean who wouldn't want to meet and get to know a firefighter who saw a need and based right. on the people he was picking up and took an idea and while he's still firefighting and still being a paramedic he Risks his income, his stability to yeah. pursue that idea, to offer that to the community, overcoming probably fear and doubt, although a firefighter who goes into a flaming building, this is probably nothing. <laughs> you know, opening yeah. a business is probably a piece of cake, but it's not. I mean, no. No, the fear of that. that the sure. two teachers that, you know are still teaching and love what they do, and they take this and do right. this side hustle on the side again taking yeah. a risk and everything. I mean, those are the type of people with the grit. Right. And you know that yeah. after overcoming that fear and risking the money and putting everything on the line and opening yourself up to all of the naysayers who are like, do you know that X percent of restaurants fail in the first right. year and X percent is, you know, you know that they heard that, Yeah. you know, that they probably got denied from lenders and they persevere anyway. And yeah. that is why what the pandemic showed was that those small businesses did everything they could to survive and to do whatever it took and i mean who it, who doesn't want to know those kind of people?
0: And it is that very spirit that Sphera, the South Florida Independent Retailer Awards, Awards. Uh, you know, recognizes. Yeah. You know, again, we want to give a lot of kudos to Beth Azor and Hugh Chen for um, for putting it together. And thank you for the invitation, Jennifer. I, I had a wonderful, wonderful time. So, do you have your fun stat of I the? Have my fun all stat. All right, who, who wants to go first? You can go first. I don't, wanna, I no, don't no, want to. I don't want to hear not any complaints. No, I'm no not going to take you. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I took a picture of it, so, <laughs> so this is from the National Retail Federation. Facts, since we're talking about retail, and we are, you know, uh, right smack into the middle of the holidays. Ninety-two percent of consumers plan to celebrate winter holidays. The total retail sales during holiday season is projected to grow in twenty twenty-three by three to four percent between. Oof, 953 to $966 billion uh, dollars on average that is spent by the consumer. 43% begin shopping before November, mostly to spread out their budget. And the number one item on wish list is, this is kind of boring, gift cards. Yeah.
1: 55%. Oh, and yeah. I just heard something on... Uh, yeah on one of my radio stations that I listened to way, that said, please don't give me gift cards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, um, mine is from the TD Bank small business survey that they did in South Florida for 2023, that many business, they did it in. they just completed the survey that many small business owners plan to expand in what's left of 2023 and three quarters of the business owners anticipate that their revenue sales and numbers of employee will increase by February of 2024, which is interesting because if you look at the vacancy numbers of retails and you listen to the national numbers of things, stats like you just quoted, it makes sense, right? Retail vacancies are like at 3% or less um, in some areas. It, It makes sense that they would feel confident, even though people keep talking about the recession where they've been talking about it for over a year and things are definitely getting tighter with, capital flows and everything else but retailers are still saying no. we're we're yeah. still good to expand and hire for 2024. so shop local
0: that's right shop local support local businesses support support small businesses and um, we want to thank you again for joining us on another episode of between two chairs we would love some feedback anything that you want to uh, send back to us uh, any ideas for shows where uh, for episodes where we're more than happy to, to welcome there we're excited for a few things that we got on their works for 2024 and uh, we will join you in and uh, in, I hope we hope you join us on our next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye.